The Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Our reading of, from Luke chapter 2 continues. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Here ends our reading. I was... Looking at the clock, and it's about quarter after five, it's 5.17, there's a digital clock up on the wall behind you, and I was reminded of Christmases from my youth, so you got to turn the clock back to about 1974, I think I was in about the fourth grade, this is my memory of Christmas, at about 5.15, my grandpa and grandma Zasky had already arrived and we would be eating, we would be having meatballs, potatoes, maybe some kind of vegetable, there was one problem. I all day had been eating nonstop junk. Cookies, cake, you name it. I was so full. I think I'd probably eaten about 6,500 calories just by 515. But I knew one thing, and I knew it very well. I was a dead man if I did not eat my Christmas Eve supper. My dad would say, no opening presents till that food on your plate is gone. Anybody else have a dad like that? Yeah. So I can remember just stuffing it in, feeling horrible, but the presents were worth it. Very much worth it. So that's my memories of Christmas. I'm sure you have equally kind of fun and, and crazy memories of Christmas. Um, I want to begin, though. I, you know, I love, I love telling Christmas stories. I love coming and just telling stories in general. But I, I, I told the folks at the other two services today, we all have that friend who simply is unable to tell a story. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? 
You know that, friend? As I mentioned to, to the other folks, if you can't immediately think of who that person is, it's you. <laughs> right? But this Christmas story that we tell has a lot of moving parts. And it's a hard story to tell just because there's so much. And so what I want to do today is boil the Christmas story down for you to three simple words to remember. Okay, Three simple words. Go ahead and advance to that next slide. I call them the three essential words of Christmas. They're very small words, but they are crucial words. And if you can remember these words, you can tell the Christmas story to anybody. Okay? So, the Christmas story really begins about nine months before the birth of Jesus when God sent an angel to a podunk town out in the middle of nowhere. I come from a podunk town out in the middle of nowhere. I'm from Gaylord, Minnesota. Gaylord would qualify. Okay? God sent an angel to this little town to a peasant girl whose name in Spanish was Maria. In English, we know her as Mary. Now, this, this young girl had no family pedigree. She was not a princess. She was not an heir to the Walmart fortune. I also want to add she was not a Kardashian. Okay? She, Mary, was what we might call a nobody. She was a nobody. Bible scholars tell us that Mary was probably about 13 or 14 years old. Think about that. 13 or 14 years old. Extremely young. Angel told Mary, Mary, you are going to find yourself pregnant with a special child. A child that is going to change the course of human history. But... Carrying that child, being pregnant in public, would not be easier for Mary because Mary was not yet married. Okay? She was only engaged, not married yet. Mary had never been with a man. And so there would be a scandal. There would be, from the old men and the old ladies of her village, a lot of wagging fingers. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Shame on you. And who in the world was going to believe Mary's preposterous claim that this pregnancy you see was caused by the Lord? Who would believe that? Nobody would believe that. And let's be really honest here. Even in 2019, we wouldn't buy that story. Nobody would believe it. What God wanted to know is if 14-year-old Mary would be willing to carry that baby. Go ahead and advance to that next slide. There's a picture of what Mary might have looked like. We don't know. And advance to that next one. God had a question for Mary, and the question was this. Mary, will you do it? Will you be a part of my plan to save this world that I love so dearly? Will you do it? 
God was looking for a one-word answer. But the question was, would Mary say it? Could a 14-year-old, probably uneducated girl from a backwater town find the courage to say the answer that God hoped to hear? Well, I am so happy to report she said it. If you advance to the next one. Mary looked that angel in the eye and she said, yes. Yes. That is essential Christmas word number one. Mary had the courage at 14 years old to say yes. So let's, let's talk about essential word number two. Go ahead and advance to that next slide. Mary's fiancé, young man by the name of Joseph. Bible scholars tell us that Joseph was probably around 19 years old. And Joseph faced an excruciating dilemma. As we were just saying, his fiancée Mary was pregnant, and Joseph, though being young, had a good memory. He remembered his seventh grade health classes. All right? Joseph knew full well the kinds of physical activities that would cause a pregnancy, and Joseph knew full well that he had not been engaged in any such activities. So, there could really only be one logical explanation for Mary's pregnancy. One logical explanation. And that would be that he, Joseph, had been disgracefully cheated on. The law back in those days said that Joseph could choose to have Mary stoned to death if he wanted to. His other option would be to just quietly end the engagement, but by doing that, he was going to condemn Mary to a ruined life. And so Joseph had two horrible options to choose from, a heartbreaking decision to make. And into this quandary, God sent another angel. The angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, things are not the way that they appear. Mary has not been unfaithful to you. The child living inside of her is a miracle from God himself. And so what God wanted to know from Joseph, go ahead and advance to that next one. God wanted to know, Joseph, are you going to send Mary to her death? Are you going to leave Mary to fend for herself? Are you going to ruin her life? Are you, Joseph, going to foil my plan to save the world? And again, you know the, the simple word that the Lord hoped to hear. But the question is, would Joseph say it? Could a 19-year-old simple and frightfully confused young guy find the courage to say it? Well, friends, Joseph awoke from his dream, and I am, again, so happy to inform you. He said it. Go ahead and advance. Joseph awoke and said, No. No, I will not thwart God's plan. No, I will not hurt Mary. No, I will not abandon her. No, I will not foil God's plan to save the world. And so here we sit all these years later 
And in large part, we are here today because of those two simple words. We are here today because of the words yes and no. Mary, will you carry the child? Mary said with lots of courage, yes. Joseph, will you be an obstacle to God's plan? Joseph said with a lot of courage, no. And those two words made Christmas, made it possible. But I mentioned we got three words. So I got one more essential Christmas word I want to talk to you about today. It's a word that's going to show up in a Christmas hymn that we're going to sing yet. In fact, it's going to be in the final hymn we sing, the hymn Joy to the World. Go ahead and advance to that next slide. Behind me you can see the opening verse of Joy to the World, and there's a word in there that seems kind of wrong. Seems like it just doesn't belong there, like it might possibly be a misprint or something. And what, what, the, what the, the hymn Joy to the World begins with are the words, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Now think about that. It's kind of a strange sounding set of words. We don't normally speak that way. Normally, we would say, the Lord has come. But that's not what the song says. And the author of the song very deliberately chose the word is. And if you don't believe me, you can look it up in the red hymnal. The song says is. The Lord is come. And that's the third essential Christmas word that I want to highlight today. That little, tiny, two-letter word is. Now you might be sitting there thinking, are we just kind of splitting hairs here, Pastor Mike? I mean, I don't get it. Has come, is come. What's the difference? You know, what, what, what is the big deal if it's, if it's one of those words or the other? Well, I'm, I, I want to I explain to you why it's such a big deal. Okay? Got to turn the clock back to when you were in about fifth grade and you were taking English. And you were learning verb tenses. The word has is what we call a past tense verb. So if the Lord has come, what it means then is that the Lord came way in the past. A long, long time ago. It was wonderful for the people that were alive then, but it's over and it's done and it has no effect on my life today. If the song were written, the Lord has come. It would really have no meaning for us today. Kind of like an old vacation you went on 27 years ago or something. Right? It's over, it's done. Yeah, maybe some fond memories, but it's done. That's why whoever wrote Joy to the World was very careful and wrote, The Lord is come. Because that is a present tense word. If the Lord is come, it means that the coming of Jesus is a now thing. It's an ongoing thing. That little word is means that Jesus comes to us in our time. In our lives. Jesus comes to be with us now, today. The Lord is come means that God is still breaking into our present world in the year 2019. 
The Lord is come means that God is still changing lives. The Lord is come means that God is still forgiving sins. The Lord is come still means that God is still being born in our hearts. God is still making his blessings flow far as the curse is found. The Lord is come means that God is still showing us all the wonders of his love now. Not just in the past. That's great that he did that in the past. Don't get me wrong. But he's doing it now. It's happening now. The Lord is come present now. So as you celebrate with what's left of this Christmas Eve day, as you celebrate tomorrow, I I want you to ponder those three words that we've talked about because it's really the, the Christmas story boiled down to three simple words. Go ahead and advance to that last slide. Remember that word, yes. Remember how Mary was asked, will you carry a baby that will start a plan to save the world? And remember that Mary, again, had the courage at age 14 to say, yes. And then, remember that word, no. Remember how Joseph had this opportunity to just send Mary packing or worse. And God asked, will you do that, Joseph? Are you going to just ruin the plan? Joseph said, no. And then remember that word, is. Remember, it's a present word. It's a word that means the Lord's plan is still active today. The Lord is come means that God is still Emmanuel with us today, just as he was Emmanuel God with Mary and Joseph and all the people long ago. He's still with us today. And to that, all I can say is praise be to God. Amen.